Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, Kobe Mack, and this is the Kobe Told Me Podcast. Yeah, whenever I want to, and I really do mean that, deep dive with the Mac himself, where I get to amplify my movie reviews for your listening pleasure. This is episode 17, and I'm back in the podcast studio, and I'm really sorry, because I didn't leave y'all with a dope pod to step to last week, and you gotta forgive me. I did get a chance to watch Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, and it was excellent. And if you're not following your boy, which you really should be, check me out on Twitter and Instagram, at Colby Told Me. I wrote up a quick mini review with my rating of the film, and I loved it, and I hope y'all did too. But if you really want to hear a really great dive into that film, you got to be following me on my other podcasts, the Minorities Report podcast, where myself, Shama Muhammad, Raul Nevado and his better half, which used to be me, but it's now his wife, Desiree Nevado. Pretty much we're your favorite minorities getting together, shooting the shit, enjoying each other's time and talking about the movies that we love and our week. And you got to follow it, man. It's a lot of fun. I love that podcast. I'm actually going to be recording a little bit later tonight. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mreportpod. Check our website at mreportpodcast.com for any and all content. I love that we say that often and sometimes it's not new content there. But you know, that's just what you got to be able to do. You know how it is. And the week is off to a great start. It's sunshine and it's beautiful out here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm really enjoying myself. I got a lot of stuff on my plate, but I had to make sure to get back to doing what I do best. And it's talking about movies. So this week in the box office, you know what time it was. You smell that? Do you, do you smell what the rock is cooking? The rock says, I know there's a lot of people who grew up on wrestling. I know I damn sure did. And I had so much fun. And it seems like that a lot of folks had a lot of fun with the rock at the movies this week. This week, the number one movie taking the top spot away from the Lion King was Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, you heard it. Uh, pretty much the first spinoff of the uber-successful Fast and Furious franchise starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jason Statham, Vanessa Kirby, and Idris Elba. Tops the weekend box office with $60 million domestically. It's on a $200 million budget, so that doesn't say a whole lot, but we know that with these films, it's what they do overseas that count, and it took in $180 million. Um, I really hope that this film does well, and it has some legs. I really want this to be a billion-dollar spinoff franchise because I support The Rock. I support everything he's about, what he does, and I enjoyed the movie, and we'll get to that part a little bit later. In the second spot, you had The Lion King taking in $38.5 million dollars. In the number three spot, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with another $20 million for a total domestic cum of $78 million, which is looking pretty good. When it opens up to some international markets, I expect it to be able to embrace the Quentin Tarantino of it all and be able to make a little bit of money. But to be honest with you, the way that Quentin Tarantino pulled one over on Sony, it's gonna, <laughs> he's good. Sony, eh, we'll see, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Sony's making some money off of Spider-Man Far From Home, which lands in the fourth spot at $7.9 million, bringing itself to $360 million domestically. It's making a bunch of money. It's over a billion dollars. But one film that's not quite there is Toy Story 4 in the fifth spot. 
It took in another $7 million, but it's getting close. It's it's slightly under that billion dollar total. Now, a billion doesn't sound like a whole lot to Disney, but they like it just to be able to say that the majority of the films that they released this year made a billion dollars. In the sixth spot, you got Yesterday with 2.4 million, and number seven, The Farewell, increasing number of screams ever so slightly at uh, 2.412 million. And you can catch my review. I'm going to be doing a full review, another podcast coming to you latest this week. And I mean that. So be on the lookout for it. Uh, for The Farewell, uh, Lulu Wang directed, Aquafina starred in it. It was great. Yeah, so you got that at the number seven spot. You got Crawl at the number eight spot with 2.1 million. Aladdin rounded out the number nine spot at 2.125 million. Annabelle comes home slightly under a million dollars this past weekend. I mean, I really love the fact that now, you know, with schools starting back up, obviously a lot of families have had to, um, you know, direct their attentions to do back to school shopping. So a lot of people are going to start slowly weaning themselves away from the summer box office and the movie going season. You're going to get less screenings. None of that prime, you know, two showings before noon, you know, uh, matinee times and stuff like that. So if you are going to be able to take advantage of going out and seeing a movie, um, it's probably going to be done in the afternoon and evening time. I love going. You ever go to a movie at like 10, 1030 in the morning? It's really nice. Then you wake up, get yourself some coffee. Then you go ahead and just go watch a movie. Barely anybody's there. It's like you got the whole theater to yourself. I know I love it. Ah, I love it so much. You know what else I love? I love doing this podcast and having the folks that listen to this podcast come with me along my journey. It's been an amazing ride. I love watching movies. I wanted to be able to talk about them. Your boy is currently 76 movies taken in in 2019 in the theater. So that is 76 brand new movies that came out this year that I went to see in the theater and I'm just counting that toll I wonder if anybody out there is kind of like you know you know kind of doing something similar it's been a lot of fun I didn't shoot for a particular number like I did last year I just set out a goal saying I want to see all the major wide releases this year and I'm like 95% I've achieved that the dog movies for some reason I just keep missing I don't know but I'm gonna do my best I'm 76 so far in the theater, and I can't wait to get to a lot more. This past weekend, I really only got a chance to see one thing, but this week, man, you got a bunch of stuff opening up that we're going to be able to get into, but I also got a busy schedule. Your boy is doing some guest pods, and I just want to give a quick shout-out to the two peas on a podcast with Andy and G. Errol. I like that better, G. Errol. Yep, your boy's going to be guest potting on there, talking about some dope stuff, so please make sure to give that show a follow at 2Ps on a pod. That's T-W-O-P-A-S on a pod on Twitter. You could also catch my boys Greg and Mike. I'm going to be guest potting on them too. That's the top five for fighting podcast, and you could be able to listen to us just shoot the shit, talk it up. These are guys that I got a chance to know on Twitter. They're really dope follows too. You can go ahead and follow them on Twitter at top five, the number five for fighting and you can be able to catch me this week. I'm not too sure when those episodes are going to be able to release, but we're getting to some like guilty movie pleasures, top five fighting sequences, and just all the stuff that I'd love to be able to engage with everybody on Twitter about. And if you have y'all not caught the two views movies pop, my dude Carson, <laughs> my dude Garrett, they were odd one. I love their vibe. I love their energy. They had an amazing Once Upon a Time of Hollywood review that they were just both on completely different sides of, and it was spicy. 
it was great. So if y'all got a chance to check that out, please do. Please do. But what I want to do is go ahead and get to why y'all here in the first place. I want to be able to give you what The Rock gave me. I want y'all to be able to take this podcast and stick it. Wait, that's that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was going to say, stick it up. You're a candy ass. Oh, man, that sucks. I miss wrestling. But, yo, that's what the WWE gave us. It gave us The Rock. And you notice that The Rock really, like, I mean, he's been, like, the pinnacle of, like, what an action movie star is for a number of years. And it's the injection of Dwayne The Rock Johnson inside of Fast Five, which, in my opinion, is the best of the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. You know what? I should do a ranking of that. Thank y'all. I'm going to do a ranking of that. And um, ever since then, it's took off. And I'm glad that we got an opportunity to be able to spend time with Luke Hobbs. We met Deckard Shaw, and he was a bad dude. But now, they got a film together. But do they work together? I don't know. Does the film work? I think so. Here's my reasons why. Stay tuned. See you on the other side. I mean, what more could you ask for from a summer blockbuster? You get The Rock, Statham, Elba, Kirby. You get big fights, car chases, big explosions. Popcorn heaven, right? Like, some would say this summer's been a mixed bag, and I get that. The summer starts earlier and earlier every year, and recently, it's been filled with remakes and reboots and sequels and prequels, oh my. But more and more, like, these summer films, uh, they kind of feel like the title, like, some of, like, our... It's like a throwback from the 80s and 90s, and they pretty much are that. At The Lion King, and Men in Black, and... Yeah. (laughs) So, while there's a cry for more original properties, the box office speaks volumes to what we really want. It's also pretty indicative that there's, there's something special about that era in cinema that attracts us to these properties to begin with, and the new iterations we always go back for. As a guy who grew up with these big action vehicles starring Stallone and Van Damme, uh, Bruce Willis, Schwarzenegger, there's always a question of who's next. Every movie star has their time in the sun for a period. And over the past 15 years, yo, Statham and The Rock, they've kind of, they've had their turns. Now, The Rock, he's had a bigger chunk of that sunshine, if you ask me. I mean, he's definitely a bit more successful monetarily. I mean, the transformation of this dude's career, which I've been following since I was like, my gosh, 10 years old, if not a little bit younger, young Rocky Maivia in the WWF, that little weird nipple, and then seeing the transfer, you know, formation into The Rock, and then him really becoming big and boisterous and being a hard worker, and then transforming himself into kind of a smaller B-movie action star, and then working on Disney films. And then taking a little bit bigger transformation. I mean, a bigger body and everything. And then he completely became something else. Like, his his trajectory, I don't think that he really saw what it is now. But this man is just like, completely became today's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Somebody was saying on Twitter whether or not if he's a bigger action movie star than Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'll say that... I don't think that I don't think that he will be only because gone are the days that we can be able to kind of have these 
cultural touchstones of what Arnold Schwarzenegger was to kind of have that The Rock would ever be able to have the opportunity to get. The closest thing is, is this Fast and Furious franchise that's been with us since 2001, and this is now the ninth installment inside the film, the first spinoff. Man, does it work. So the prospect of both men, Statham and The Rock, into their own film adventure presented by this super successful Fast and Furious franchise, it's like it's like a, an action movie cinematic wet dream. So you got Luke Hobbs, Dwayne Johnson. He's enlisted by the CIA to track down a rogue MI6 agent who killed her team and hijacked a potential world-ending viral weapon. Deckard Shaw, Jason Statham, is also tapped to help the CIA track down this same threat. What both men don't know is they'll be working together and after multiple run-ins as enemies, trying to get the two to buddy up as allies seems almost impossible. The ultimate reveal of their target's identity as Shaw's sister, Hattie, Vanessa Kirby, it pits the men in an even more interesting predicament as now all three are on the run after a genetically altered, cybernetically enhanced global terrorist, Brixton, Idris Elba, backed by a shadow techno organization, pins the theft on our trio and looks to use the weapon to rewrite humanity's DNA to weed out the weak so the strong can evolve and thrive. Now you're probably thinking, damn, this motherfucker wrote that? Yo, I, I legit just need to like be able to like write plot synopses and log lines. I think I got a little gift for it. So on paper, this has the makings to be like an all-timer, right? Marrying the sci-fi with the big action, starring The Rock and Statham, taking on Black Superman. Come on, take my money. Take all of my money. So director David Leach, he knew what he had in his arsenal and he unloaded on us compositionally. You know, if you look at his recent catalog of directed projects like Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde, the man knew how to handle a big movie star and how to direct thrilling action. The former stuntman and rising name in the industry, he spins off from the Fast franchise with a big list to check off and he does so with a strong start. Regardless of the contentious behind the scenes drama between The Rock and Vin Diesel, I believe what's in the text is translated well to the screen too. Now, that doesn't mean that what's in the text is great. Honestly, it's high. I mean, it's the weakest element of the production. It's the script. But that's also like saying the weakest part of the burger is the bun. While important, that's not what we're coming to the table for. I can't imagine last time I went to like a restaurant to get like a handcrafted burger. I was like, yo, I want this burger with, you know, with avocado and, you know, grilled onions and barbecue sauce and lettuce and tomato. Like, yo. Real quick though, what's that bun like? I don't care, it's a bun. So when it comes to an action movie, think of it like a burger. Think of it like a nice cheese burger. Now, do I have a lowered bar for these kind of action films? Yes, yes I do. And similarly, my, my ratings reflect that as well. So in a bit, when you get to that score down below, don't be shocked, Kobe told you. So you got Leech, The Rock, Universal, they all set out to make the biggest, baddest spinoff of recent history, worthy of the Fast and Furious brand. And while this is the least fast and the least furious movie, it's definitely big and bad. Like, it's it's carved out its own thing. Now, the script isn't nonsense, but if you lumped it together with the other movies of the franchise, it's, it's kind of right on par. It shoots for the stars and lands on the moon. I'm good with that. So what makes the journey worth it is the incredible action movie performances we accept, 
from this fantastic cast. So while I wasn't a fan of making Deckard Shaw a pseudo good guy narratively, there was a somewhat tidy way that resolved this team up. So like there's still some questions that we can have answered, but the sequels I'm sure are gonna be greenlit. They're gonna get those later. For now, we get badass Jason Statham. Like, for some reason, he still looks like he's been the same age for like the past 15 years. But you got Jason Statham, he's in this extended peak. <laughs> he's now fully embracing his more comedic sensibilities in between high kicks and uppercuts. And be honest with you, like the comedy for the most part was really good throughout the film. Sometimes a, a little long where the joke, if it didn't land right, kind of got stale for a couple of minutes, but it always found a way to right the ship, kind of get itself oriented back on track. Like both Statham and The Rock, they go for it. Like their banter is fun. Their chemistry is great. And we get to sit back and just absorb it all. I mean, it's, it's almost like, it's like a, think of like a comedy central roast with an action movie around it. Like the comic tones blended with the action, they're great on screen, but sometimes it lacked the power of its potential as a lot of what was given away in the trailers is in the movie. So, but it's, but also like, it's the most, definitely the more Deadpoolish parts to this film. And we get a couple of cameo appearances that further remind us of that. And like Kirby and Idris Elba, they give us a truly atomic blonde with an even doper bad guy. Like Vanessa Kirby, no, she slays. Badass, sultry, rogue MI6 agent who, though she even goes toe to toe with the rock and handles herself pretty well. She's got agency. She's she's capable. Her stunt choreography was just as good as Charlize Theron's. And Elba, yo, my dude, like he is the best. All right, he's the best Fast and Furious bad guy to date. His swag, that husk in his voice, his guttural movie villain timing like it never comes across cartoonish as a lot of other villains seem to turn out in these films he's got this calculated and measured conviction to his approach and you believe it all the way through the film now plot armor that's the biggest threat to the movie cinematically and the longer the film runs the more it exposes itself to that critique but you have to chalk the, these uh contrivances up to the genre like, if we try to explain away a lot of the narrative, you'll get bogged down by a slew of holes that you can stick your fingers in. But if you keep your fingers pointed on screen, you're going to be captivated by really impressive CG, really impressive effects, and they deliver like another balls-to-the-wall, big-budget summer blockbuster from Dwayne Johnson. I mean, as a producer, he doesn't hit a home run every time, but... I mean, this for me was a good triple. So, it delivers on everything you expect it to. It's big action, big laughs, big fun. So, just turn your brain off and enjoy a spin-off entry into the Fast and Furious universe. And it may not be so fast, just a little long. It may not be too furious, some of the drama. But it feels a lot like the other great action films that we're familiar with. An over-the-top, insane plot that may be too much to stomach for some, but The Rock and Statesman's chemistry... Kirby and Elba's ferociousness and the ensemble's comedic chops on display with some sweet surprise appearances along the way, this makes for a damn good time at the movies. Kobe told me ratings are 8 out of 10. Yeah, I said it. Directors David Leach, writer Chris Morgan, and Drew Pierce starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jason Statham, Idris Elba, Vanessa Kirby. The runtime is 137 minutes and it's rated PG-13.
Yeah, I said it. I said it was an eight out of 10. Now, I've learned that there's a new way to say divisive. I used to thought that it was pronounced divisive. It seems like there's a lot of folks that have got different opinions on this film. And like I mentioned a lot of my other reviews before, I think we could all chalk that up to expectations. Now, this is the thing. If you are an action movie buff, if you're a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, I don't get what you're not going to like about this. But if you're an auteur, a cinephile, if you're trying to hold this film up in a lens that you can kind of compare with other films, don't do that. These films don't set out to try to be these, you know, character pieces that make you think and have really strong connecting points thematically. I mean, the themes in the film, family. Just like Don Toretto says, you still got that there. This movie was fun. And it's ultimately the goal to be fun. So don't take it seriously. If you do, you're going to spoil it. But you know what you can take seriously? Take your boy seriously. You can check out my website. I always say it. You can visit the website for more of my written content at colbytomey.com. Of course, like I mentioned earlier, you can listen to me co-hosting with the crew at the Minority Report Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at mreportpod. Please make sure to give that a listen. Give us a follow. Give us a review. Five stars. Make it easy for folks to be able to catch us because we want to keep doing what we do. And also, I am looking. I'm looking for some dope podcasters to be able to come and join the stream team. Pretty much think of the dream team of the NBA, but for streaming services. I want to find the best of the best. Who knows their shit about Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Shudder, Prime. I mean, we got Disney Plus coming. You got the DC app out. You got the CBS All Access. There's so much to be able to see. And it's not a one-stop shot to be able to curate it all. So I want the stream team to be that podcast for you. So it's currently under construction. I'm enlisting and trying to build a great team of dope potters to be able to come together and assemble their talent to be able to curate uh, what's watch, what's to not watch on everything on the streaming platforms. Once again, you can catch me guest potting on the two P's on a pod podcast and also on the top five for fighting podcast. I'm going to make sure to put all this information inside the show notes. And furthermore, I'm going to make sure to watch some movies. Because without it, what the hell am I going to talk about? And if you're not watching movies, watch more. So, yo, thank you for spending time with your boy. That's the Hobbs and Shaw. That's episode 17. I'll be back this week with another episode. And remember, when they ask you where you heard it from, tell them Kobe told me. Peace. <laughs>